Hello, you're listening to episode four of The Year Ends In One, the new Tottenham Hotspur podcast, which principally values contribution to Spurs discourse from lifelong supporters representing a plethora of generations, meaning stark contrast in terms of each participant's expectations, experiences of on-field success, as well as perceptions of what indeed constitutes success for our football club. That's a mouthful, I have to admit. (laughs) Again, I, Ian Wallace, sit alongside the normal team. My son, aged 11, Casper Wallace. Hello. Simeon Wright, 21 years old. Hi, guys. Ricky Swarbrick, 42 years old. Hello. And Peter Wright, 62. Still looking great every week, Peter. So we are four episodes in now, and I think we can say we're very content with the spine of our team, but of course, you can't move forward in this game without regular fresh blood. So we can confirm we've got some top new additions joining our future podcast, a couple per month we're looking to bring you at the moment, so keep listening. I think I actually sound like Daniel Levy there, keep saying we're going to bring a couple of new faces (laughs) in, or or possibly more Harry Redknapp. A star-studded wish list. Yeah, we've got a star-studded wish list, so you know... Picturing the picture of you with your head out of the uh, (laughs) the car window. Yes, so we conclude episode three by sharing each of our favourite Spurs kits from years gone by, and now Peter's going to kick off number four. So Peter, what have you got for us, what do you want to bring to discuss to the table? Well, unfortunately, I feel I have to take us from the jovial nostalgia of Lily White's kits to a harder issue of club management, one which is a a very real and potentially catastrophic issue, and that is uh, players out of contract, with Ericsson, Toby and Jan all entitled to sign elsewhere as early as January. I suppose I'm asking, why has this been allowed to happen? And... Is it an indication that our loyal playing staff are now beginning to lose faith in the project, which um, may seem as sort of stagnation at the moment? That's, that's, that's really interesting, Peter, because I, I work possibly not as glamorous jobs as you lot. You know, I work in finance, so um, strategies that we're always talking strategy. And from a business point of view, you know, there are assets and we're going to lose assets who are very difficult to replace in like a year's time for nothing. So, you know, as an accountant, I'm sort of struggling a little bit with that. Potentially so, very damaging, really. Yeah. yeah. So possibly I'm looking at it from a monetary point of view, but do you think it's mismanagement from the club or do you think it's a natural transition in the project? Well, when you look at it, when players run down their contract, I suppose, usually it happens when the club obviously wants to keep the player and the player decides to uh, not sign a contract extension or not to re-sign and those players fall into normally two categories. Um, the first category I would say are in case of um, Cristiano Ronaldo at Manchester United and um, Eden Hazard at Chelsea, players who had like a boyhood dream to play for in, in both cases for Real Madrid. In the case of those players, they did actually excel for their clubs. I'm not saying that the Spurs players didn't, but they, they actually won loads of silverware and medals for their club and were probably asked at the time to maybe um, give us one more season yeah. and then you can leave with our blessing. So that's one category. The second category, which I think Jan, Toby and certainly Christian Eriksen fall into the category of players who leave because they feel that they can achieve better elsewhere. 
Do you, do you yeah. see, oh, Peter, I, I you know, very rarely I disagree with you, but I, I, I think I think they've had a great time there, and I think it's an end of a cycle for those players. But I, I totally agree with you. I don't think we have got plans in place to replace them. Like Jan has been there for a long time. He, I think his cycle's done with us. Okay, really? No, I love, I love him as a player, mm. but just as a person and as a, he, I, I, I sort of. I think he's ready to go. You know. I think that, but the reason there these guys are leaving is because their ambitions in terms of silverware, medals, and monetary gain have not been matched by the club. I don't think in oh, the case of those. But that, that's just my feeling. In the words of Christian Eriksen, I'm looking for a new challenge. Well, you know, what greater challenge could there be than to try and win something in a special? Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say is that there's a long line of. Of, of players that have um, moved on for the same reason. I want to say something controversial here in the sense that there's a direct correlation between the Levy years and lack of trophies. So I'm going to take it back to 2001, which is the start of the current regime. Saul Campbell in 2001. Boo! Michael <laughs> Carrick in 2006. Dimitar Berbatov, 2008. Luka Modric, 2012. Gareth Bale, 2013, Kyle Walker, 2016, all left, well, with the exception of Saul Campbell, without winning a damn thing in a Tottenham shirt for the same reason. Their ambitions were not matched by the club. Now, I think you'll agree, if you add added Jan, Toby, and Christian Eriksen to that list, that's a damn fine team capable of winning stacks of silverware. I haven't included Teddy Sheringham in that list because he was before yeah. the current regime. And for my part, Teddy left with my blessing because he reached the age of 30 without winning winning anything. And then he went on and won the treble. So that provides a compelling argument to leave Spurs. But do you, do you think... I, mean, I, I, think I, can, I can increase my income and I can win medals. Kyle Walker, two title winning medals. In two seasons, but I, I don't. It's really interesting you say that from your from your point of view. But my, I'm not sure it's a generation of things. So I'm not yeah. far in age from you, but I genuinely, possibly, I hold them in such high regard, Ericsson, Toby, and Yan, that I, I do genuinely think they love the club. But I think Toby's. I think each of them have got different nuances why they want to leave. So Ericsson, I do genuinely think he's been at our club a long time, and I think. You know, he's he's in the peak of his yeah, I think his peak of his career. He could go somewhere else. He's a great player for me. Um, Toby, I just think Toby's thinking. You know, he wants to go back to Ajax at one point, and I think Jan's the same. I think they think the last three three year career, three year contract they're going to get, and they want to go back to Ajax. So for me, I think they've done us proud, and I'm sort of like. Even yeah, though, yeah, even, even though it's not, even though the strategy is not right for yeah. us, it's leaving us in okay. a bit of a bad position. But I, I'm not, I'm, not, I don't think they're in the money thing. But I think it's important to recognise. Sorry, I think it's important to recognise they're three separate individual cases. Mm. I, I think, and I don't know this for a fact, but I think just from looking at it from the outside and, and you know trying to analyse it, I think Toby has done an agreement with them that he's seeing out his contract and that he has their blessing for that. And I think. That isn't the case with Jan Vertonghen. It feels like he's just all of a sudden decided that he wants to see out his contract, and that it's. A, I mean, again, we don't know. Something's happened, hasn't it, with Vertonghen? And then Ericsson, I sort of agree with Ian. I think, I think players like Ericsson 
had a career plan that, that meant that when he's about 28 years old, he'd go to somewhere like Real Madrid. And I just think Real Madrid didn't want him. And Barcelona didn't want him. And so he's, he's, he's seeing out his contract. Um, yeah, so I, I think, obviously going back a long way to what Ian said before about the conversations between this possible clique in the dressing room. And I think this could be a bit far-fetched, but maybe Jan has maybe had a conversation with Ericsson because, I mean, Jan has given us the best years of his career. I think he came in 2012. He's been there a long time. There's never been any utterance of him wanting to leave until, like you say, Ricky, very, very recently, quite suddenly as well. But he's 32 now. Yeah. Do you really? Possibly. He's 32. Ericsson's 27. Yeah. You go back three years or so, there was a chance that maybe there could have been a title at Tottenham. There could have been an FA Cup at Tottenham. Obviously, there could have been a Champions League last year, but that was a little bit more unforeseen. But possibly, Jan has had a word with Ericsson and said, don't make the same mistake that I've made. So I, there's a good chance that Jan might finish his career without winning anything. Exactly. It's the and, But he's, 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 he's five years younger. He's at a stage where he can still get that big move. His contract's running down. And maybe there has been that chap where he's gone, like, I decided to give my best years to Spurs and I want nothing here. Casper, do you think that Harry Kane and Deli Ali would tolerate reaching the age of 27, 28 without winning a medal in a Spurs show? I mean, Kane's 26, isn't he? I don't really know, to be honest. I don't really know what they would do because... Would they stay? Would they stay? You know, do you think? I think Harry Kane would, but I don't think Delhi would. I think Delhi would be the sort of player to go abroad. Mm. Not maybe, maybe to another Premier League club. But, but they, Harry Kane, I think he's loyal to Spurs, I think. Not beyond the age of 27, 28, no medals. A player of his calibre, you, you would tolerate that. Put yourself in your position. You know, you you play yeah. for you say your local Sunday team now, and you know you're not winning anything. You see a couple of your your teammates in the district winning things, and suddenly yeah. they say, "Why don't you come and join us?" He goes away with England. He's in the England yeah. dressing room. He's surrounded by all these yeah. medals. What do you think? Well, you know, what am I going to show the grandchildren? Mm. I want no medals. I mean, what do you think? I had a good career in you know, a monetary game, but I want no medals. What do you think? Would he? Would he? No idea. Yeah. I agree with you. I think, I think Delhi would leave before Harry Kane, but yeah. Harry Kane eventually. I agree with Casper. It's hard to know what they're thinking. It's mm-hmm. the only industry where where seeing out your contract is seen as a negative. And I remember, I think it was Sim that told me this: that Arsene Wenger predicted transfer fees are going to get so big that we're going to enter an era where players see out their contracts. I think he's right. I think we, and it's affecting us. It's affected other teams. You Chelsea, know. Hazard. Yeah. Hazard was entering the last game. And then Peter listed all the, the players that have left us. Players have also left other teams. I know the, the players left Arsenal, players left, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo left United. Now, I know those players won something, so that's the difference. But I think. I think I'm in a minority of one, but I, I'm just really pleased with the Enoch era. I think they've done a good job. And I, yeah, I feel... I, Ricky, I'm with you. 18 years, one trophy. But it's football different though, because I mean, uh, Lucas, yeah. Lucas Moura said something recently 
that sometimes is football all about trophies? Yeah. Is it about moments? Because, you know, we will always... Ajax, the Ajax semi-final, I mean, what a it's moment. It's special, you know. It's yeah, special, yeah, yeah. but so is modern-day football not all about trophies? I mean, we've talked about it last time. Is mm. it? Is it about those moments? Is it about watching Real Madrid at Wembley? Is it about going to buy Munich in a few weeks at White Hart Lane? That's a really good point, I think. That's what's brilliant about yeah. this podcast. Yeah. It came up in an era where I suppose we're eventually yeah. winning yeah. things. Yeah, I think Casper's era is totally different. Yeah, my era has got very little to show for. Casper, Casper, literally nothing. I believe two days after our last trophy. So, 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 I don't know about Casper. I might be sort of talking for you, but I just think when the season starts, do you look forward to Champions League draw so you can see who we're going to play at home? Because you're lucky you get to see them. I mean, is 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 that? Makes me sound a bit spoiled there. Well, you are. <laughs> but is, is, but is, is, is that is that modern day football now? And so maybe you know, yeah. and and are these players like us? Are they are the players happy with their lot? You know, is Ericsson possibly not Ericsson, Is Toby and Yan happy that they have played Champions League football for three years? And is that is that as good enough? You know, they played at a high level. They played for Belgium. Is a tro- does a trophy matter? Casper, would you swap the Lucas Moura moment for a League Cup? No. That's a great question, Ricky. No, no, would I? No, would I? Because that that moment will really. stay with you forever. The, that, that the commentary and everything. Yeah. 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 It was just. It, it was just. Stay with I don't you. know. Where a league cup, it's a bit like mm, not that. Im- yeah. I mean, cup? it's important, but yeah, FA yeah, Cup is FA different. Cup, yeah. But the I last think time we won the FA Cup, Gaza was in the team. Yeah, I know. Casper, yeah. do you? I mean, what what do you think about Peter's questions about a lot of these players are going to be out of contract at the end of next at the end of this season what, what do you think well obviously in the next transfer or maybe next summer or even in January if they do leave by January um, we might not have enough time but if we do I think we need to have a massive shake up in defence because Rose Rose might even leave uh, Vertonghen and Adverald are most definitely going to leave in like the next year unless literally a miracle happens but yeah, I think we need a shake up, a big shake up defensively because with all them players going, like if you think about it, in the last few years, it's been the same two pairing, and then you've got De Vincent Sanchez as a backup. Yeah, I mean, what's 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 Vertonghen doing sitting in the stands, and Vincent yeah. Sanchez is seeing the ball sail over his head. Well, yeah. possibly that is the strategy. Possibly he is the new Vertonghen at Sanchez, and they're sort of easing him out. I don't know. Poch always has a plan. Is there a strategy? I just wrote down here. Is Foyf. there a strategy? Foyf is a fascinating. <laughs> yeah, Sim, can, can we just can we just go back to you? He is a fascinating. I am fascinated by Foyf. Well, why why are you fascinated by Foyf? He's just he he looks like a Rolls Royce on the ball. I don't know about him as a right back. I'm, no, I feel like he's. I feel no. like he is the second choice right back this year that Poch was kind of. Or possibly mm. even the first choice, I think. Because uh, he was good in the Copper America, wasn't he? Yeah. And, and, um, and even uh, that home game at Wembley against Dortmund. He was brilliant, actually. Very good on the ball. That's, yeah. that's, that's a great point. We went to the game, he was fantastic. Five at home to Dortmund. He didn't look like he doesn't have any confidence. He no, he doesn't. really confident. Yeah. He's like a dribbler. Yeah. 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 No, he's more than happy to get on the ball in a, in a tight situation, in a in a heart and mouth situation. Almost. So, 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 might, so what, well. what I was trying to get to, Sim, is Foyth and Sanchez part of the strategy? And to Peter's point, we should not be worried because there is a strategy. I think, ideally, if it works out, I think that is Poch's idea of how we could possibly move forward. But 
like we've said about Sanchez before already, you just don't know whether the footballing brain will develop the way because he's he's athletically he he's incredible. Mm. He's got the turn of pace. He's good in the challenge. He's he's got all the attributes, but you need the footballing brain. You need him to be able to judge the ball going over his head, and it just remains to be seen. But he's still young. He's 23, and like I said before, and like you said as well, Ian, Foyf is. I think he's a he's a player that Poch likes, and I think also you see the run that Lamella's had in the team this year, and I think. I'm not saying it's all because of the Argentine thing. I mean, Poch is going to give, will give La Celso as much game time this year to, to, make, to make that right, because I think he is a big part of the, of the second wind of the Pochettino era, yeah. if, he wants, if indeed he wants to stay. Peter mentioned in his, in his opening notes there that, are the, the, that our loyal playing staff are beginning to lose faith in the project. See, I, I, th- I think there's been an injection of players which possibly gives us a little bit of momentum, I think. And I think there's always going to be, you know, in business, not boring you, but, you know, I work in accounting, so yeah, we buy assets, and then when we, we get in it, don't sigh at me, <laughs> pays for your holidays, don't forget. But I, I, I think, you know, we buy assets, and then we use the assets, then we replace the assets, we continually operate. Yeah. And surely a football, you know, footballers are assets there must be a strategy there so Peter's concerns are worried you know they're going to go at the end of the summer but possibly there is a plan these guys are going to come in and possibly in the January transfer window they've got plans for that to bring in new defenders but Casper you're right you should, our defensive we, we could be left high and dry can I ask you guys a question do you yeah. think that Pochettino's negativity these constant negative comments Frustration, I think. Do, yeah, but do you think this has affected the players? Do you think they, because the players must think if Pochettino, if the manager is talking like this, then this isn't the place I want to be. If we're feeling worried that Poch is going to leave, they must be feeling worried that Poch is going to leave. I, I don't think he's completely blameless in in what seems to be happening in the dressing room. You spoke quite damningly about him, sort of like almost like feathering his own nest in a way. Yeah, that's a really good I mean, point, yeah. About him, but I don't know. Yeah. In, in, when he went down on his knees in that Ajax semi-final, I, th- I thought it was just... He, to me, it felt like a fan. Yeah, I, I, I with you. I think it was about... I think he felt like a fan. Uh, but, and then, but possibly Peter Mead... And he went up to the fans and I had a mate, had a mate in that corner, of the, right yeah. up in the gods they were, and he... You know, and the whole coaching staff, they were just... You know, to but, me, but, that but, was... Uh, a togetherness but possibly Peter that's you know our age era you know and the younger ones possibly they, they don't sort of see the love you know they, they sort of see managers come and go obviously Ricky you're a little bit older but you you guys don't sort of see you know, we, we've had managers in the past yeah, at Spurs if Berkershaw was there yeah, yeah, they, they love the club you know but why, yeah. why should Pochettino love the club why should Ericsson love the club well you know they, they, they're paid to do a job but that's a great that's a that's a great point, Ricky. Because for me, you know, obviously, I I I, I think I've got a halcyon view of these managers yeah. that they love the club, and yes, I know they won't be there forever. But do you think, because you're a younger person than, than we are, that you think they're just as you said, you feather their nest and they'll be here for a while and they move on? I, I I don't mind when they move on as long as they move on at the right time and. And that, not not we've lost three games in October and they get fired. You know, I want to move on at possibly an end of a project. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I think. I mean, they're, they're self-interested, aren't they? Players and managers, most of them. Every now and then, you get a player who plays for his boyhood club and, and wants to stay, and hopefully, that's going to be Harry Kane. 
but Pochettino left Southampton to come to Spurs because he he wanted to further his career to go to Spurs and it just you know, go. but you, Casper as an 11 year old and Sim as a 21 year old in an era of players coming and going do you really care, Casper? You first. Do you care about players leaving? Do you what? Do you think if a player leaves, do you think, oh, I don't really care. They're replacing. It depends what sort of player it is. Because say if someone like Sissoko left, we've got backup in that position. But if Rose left, don't really have anyone mm-hmm. apart from Sessignon. Mm-hmm. It's such a good point because it's easier to replace attacking players in this day and age mm-hmm. than it is to replace defenders, isn't it? It's really yeah. where are all the great defenders mm-hmm. in football? It's really yeah. hard now. Yeah, you have, you have to pay eighty million for yeah. McQuire. It's a premium on English players. I'm yeah. wondering about Foyth though. Is he like? Is are we going to have to tolerate his mistakes? Is he like John Stones, where you you have to tolerate the fact that he's going to make mistakes? Because you know that there's a player in there. Yeah, I think so. I think he yeah. might be. Yeah, I'm a might be the best footballer in, in the. Um, so, sorry, sorry. Just, just the question that you posed to Casper about the um, about some, like how would you feel if these players ran down their contract and and left? Obviously, you three, Ian, Peter, Ricky, you remember the Campbell stuff. Yeah. I just think the the thought of Kane getting bored or thinking I'm not going to win anything here and leaving that would just absolutely break my heart if Toby left would you be upset? yeah obviously because he's literally been here for the past four years mm. and he's played mostly every game apart from mm. when he's been injured that Jan Vertonghen and Toby Alderweireld that chemistry but, but would, you, would, you, would you feel they would be disloyal if they left? no Where's mm-hmm. the pace coming from in our team? That's what I worry. So it was, it was, yeah. it was always the fullbacks who had mm-hmm. the pace, and we completely we've lost that with Walker and Rose. The problem with pace is that I don't think you can play Mora and Son. I think Mora. Mora flattens flatters yeah, to deceive. He does. I love Mora, but he's he's got fundamental flaws to his game. So he's somebody who's great to come off the bench. He's one of those players who's very good at one thing. I think he does flatter to deceive. I don't mm-hmm. think he, I don't think he's a starter. So you end up with Sun being the only player with any pace, and that's not enough. No. Mm. Yeah. And and this is the this is the problem for players like Delhi, Lamella, Ericsson. They're all really good players, but we've just got too many of that type of player that doesn't. But too many players in that position that don't have any pace. Yeah. And added to that, we've got no pace in the fullbacks. Yeah. A very pertinent uh, concern raised by Peter there. I think we could bear problems. I think hopefully, I'm presuming everyone can see it. We can see it. I'm sure uh, Pochettino can see it because he's magic in my eyes. So just any any any, life, any, so. any negativity by Ricky, I'm just ignoring him and yeah. Sims off my Christmas card I've list for being horrible at Ericsson. I've so. turned up half glass empty. Yeah, you have. You have. Yeah. Right, you've got a third, isn't it? We need another Cronenberg in. Um, but yeah, very personal concern raised by Peter there and certainly something our board can't afford to bury their heads in the sand about. Um, in that case, I think we've earned another more upbeat topic. So everyone, I think please share with me and our listeners the funniest moment you've experienced at a Spurs game. It could be a larger-than-life character on the Victoria line or the Paxton Road, the guy selling peanuts in the Paxton Road. Peter, I'm sure you'll remember. <laughs> peanuts! Monkey nuts, yeah. Uh, monkey nuts, it was, yeah. Witnessing, or maybe witnessing the historic moment when Timothy Atuba bent one into the bottom corner at Newcastle. Jesus Christ, he was <laughs> shocking, Atuba. <laughs> it could be anything. So, I think, having known what Casper's one is, I think we might start with Casper. And you... 
if you can give us a bit of context of, uh, and then uh, hit us with a punchline, your funniest moment of uh, your 11 years supporting Spurs? Um, well, so it was my first Champions League game that I ever went to, and it was at Wembley, so you had to go up those escalators. And there was this, um, so I was walking up the escalator, my dad was behind me, and there was this man just standing right in front of me, and then his head was like... Your, your head? My head was like right in line with his bum, and he just farted right in my face. <laughs> <laughs> I just turned around and I went... That's not good. And I looked at my dad and I was like, my face. Yeah, <laughs> to be fair, so, yeah. I, I presume he had a few beers and it, uh, yeah, it was uh, very loud as well. Yeah. Everyone sort of heard it. And we still talk about it. To poor, this day. poor Casper. Um, got, yeah, got a face ball and the. Uh, yeah, and what's even worse, they didn't even win that day. So. Was it Monaco? Yeah. Yeah, it was Monaco. Had an injury too. So. Yeah, it really was. But yeah, I like that Casper. That was that was uh, <laughs> I, I, I love those funny moment. The funny moments you get at football. Um, Sim, do you want to? Give us your funny moment in your 21 years of Sporting Spurs. Yeah, so um, I'm going to take us back to April 2011. Um, it was the visit of Stoke to White Hart Lane. Um, we all remember Stoke in the Premier League. It yep. was a nightmare of a game. It was. Often a dot- I mean, the, yeah. the windy ones at the Britannia especially. Yeah. But this was at the lane. Um, it was a game we won 3-2, but we made incredibly hard work of. Um, and I was sat, Peter, Peter too as well, um, in the lower past the royal corner of the old West Stand, um, and basically veteran Luca, ex-Croatian right back. He was to be to be fair to him, he was. I think he was a centre half by trade, but we yeah. always deployed him as a right back. And um, unfortunately for him, he was getting a bit of a pasting from an old Spurs boy actually, Everington. Oh really? On the left, yeah. Even though he was probably. Quite past it at that point as well, but he was. You remember that, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I was at the game. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was getting a bit of a, a difficult time. And to be fair to him, it wasn't. It, I think Huddleston was the guy who was. Um, Tom Huddleston was the guy who was supposed to be providing cover. And it's not the we, fastest. We all know he wasn't the most mobile. He yeah. was. He had some brilliant passes on him and could strike a ball like a dream, but he wasn't much use in the cover. So anyway, Everton got a goal in that game where he pretty much wrenched Chiroluka's right side on the um, on the outside, um, just went the long way around him, and just the he couldn't get near him. Um, slotted one past Gomez, and um, throughout the whole first half, the guy next to me was just he was like as as well as getting a pasting from Everton, he was also getting a pasting from the guy next to me. Um, so yeah, once the game was over, Chorluki was straight over to considering they obviously swapped ends at half time. So he was right down right down the other corner. As soon as the game ends, he comes straight down to our area. And I'm not gonna say it was gonna turn into like a Cantonar situation or anything like that, but let's just say there were two stewards How really? involved. Um Chorluka. You walked a long way. Yeah, no, he's come a long yeah, right yeah. from the other so from the Park Lane yeah. East End corner to to the other corner of the ground. And um, there's a steward in front of Chorluka, there's a steward in front of the guy. They were going out. Right and, and like, there was, really? it was a war of words. Oh, really? And, and wow. That, but, I mean, who knows where that where that could have gone. It was... Um, Strange why you bothered but, to get involved with the yeah, fan, isn't it? It like, must have yeah. really hit hard at him. Yeah, it, yeah. just, it, just, yeah. it just kind of, it brings up the question of, do the players, Yeah. do the players completely block out the crowd? Because how could you? 
Yeah. How could you? Well, I have to admit, I'm yeah. never just just di- di- you know, digressing a little bit. I'm never a person who goes to a football game and shouts abuse Man. at anyone. I, I just don't. I, I just go no. there to encourage the team. But when we played uh, Arsenal at home, Sol Campbell's first first, I sort of turned into some loser <laughs> that day. I, I really, I sorry, digress. I literally became to this angry man <laughs> shouting. Anyway, I, was, I'm not proud of it, and you know. You were, thir- you were 35,000 others. I was therapeutic, you know. I even thought, I remember before when there were people were throwing stuff at the coach. I didn't go that far, you know. I've got a sensible job. You were hanging effigies. No, I wasn't hanging effigies. <laughs> anyway, we, di- we digress. I, I was at that game, but I couldn't do that because it was the only game in my life where I sat in the away end. Oh, that no! Was, yeah, of all the games? Of all the games. Oh, Jesus. That was, yeah. Something like homecoming. Something yeah. I'll never do. You don't realise how bad that is until you do it. And it's, wow, yeah. It's, uh, have you ever done it? I done it away at City once. Oh, uh, I, never at home. Yeah. I never sat at White Hart Lane yeah. in that thing. But yeah, I've done it away grounds. Um, see him, I like that. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Sorry, just 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 briefly to build on what Ricky said as well. Me and Pete, my dad, um, we were in the Palace End for the. Um, actually, oh, Casper spoke about it earlier. Um, the incredible <laughs> Deli Ali goal against Palace. Um, so we were up in the Palace Homestead End. And um, it wasn't necessarily that goal. That was painful, not being able to celebrate that. But I think it was we were one 0 down. We won that game three one. But it, it was did, just yeah. it was the Chadley called the last goal. Oh, wasn't he it? did. Yeah, yeah. That, was a, that was a good one as well. Yeah. But um, it was the K and equaliser. And I don't know what I don't know what came over you, Dad, but you just felt the need when that went in to just kind of make sure that no one knew who you were. <laughs> and I just remember you just like slapping your slapping your knee, going off. I was actually there going in the palace end as well. We looked at each other and I said, Do you believe what we've just seen? Yeah. You know? yeah. Peter, what's, what's your funniest moment in your 62 years? Obviously, yeah, well, actually, Simeon actually nicked my. Mm. Which was a Charlie Choluca moment. Oh, was it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was his nickname, Charlie. Charlie, was it? Yeah, yeah, Charlie, yeah, yeah. Because I thought that was bizarre yeah. when it happened. He was quite like, yeah. wasn't he? The way that he just kind of like yeah. continued this discussion. You must have thought about that, though. Yeah. You must have really thought. Yeah. But um, I'm going to go for a, a game uh, where we played Palace in the 80s. Or was it? it might have been the early 90s. Sorry. Um, yeah, it was a just after the World Cup when Gaza was like a real superstar yeah. and somehow I contrived to be in the Palace I don't know <laughs> it's very the yeah. in-laws are all Palace yeah. fans so somehow I was in the Palace and at at Spurs which was up in the sort of Paxton Road upper yeah. bit and I remember Gaza was uh, he did something he, he maybe fouled somebody or I don't know kicked somebody and uh, and I just heard this hail of abuse behind me, and 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 I and I and and I, I looked back behind me, and there was a Palace fan, and he was like literally blue in the face, <laughs> and he was yelling this abuse at Gaza, you know, who was like at that point, like after the nineteen ninety yeah. World Cup, was a world superstar. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And he, and the veins were popping out of his neck God. and his eyes were bulging and I just looked at him incredulously <laughs> and he looked at me and he just paused for a while he said I'm sorry I just, I just hate you so much <laughs> <laughs> he 
it was just it just stuck with me. So how could you? I th- I can't conjure up someone's hatred. But that, that, but that's that's how tribal. Yeah, yeah. I, I love I love the tribalness <laughs> and you know. Really, but I hate him so much. Yeah, I, I love it. I used to sit in the uh, when my grandma was really old. She was a lifelong Blackburn fan, and uh, she was wheelchair bound and could, couldn't really see or hear. But I used to take her to the games uh, at Ewood Park when she was in her nineties. Uh, every time Spurs played Blackburn, I'd drive up there. But yeah, I used to uh, find it quite interesting being in the you know being around the Blackburn fans and it was quite a similar story really just this guy just took against Sol Campbell for the whole game and he and he kept saying every time every time the referee gave a decision to Spurs he was just like just because he plays for England just because he's an England player and I, I wanted to turn around to this guy and say but you've got Alan Shearer and he plays for England um move on for the, the last funny moment my, my funny moment was I think we go back to 13th of May 1989 so I'm, I'm I can't remember how old I was 21, 22 and we are away to QPR um, we've had a dreadful season it's just been a shocking season Arsenal are going for the title so it's pretty much the last but one game of the season so we're away at QPR pointless game we lost 1-0 but Arsenal are at home to Derby and they're going for the title so we're away, we're away at this the QPR. It's Waddle's last game for Spurs, actually, before he went to Marseille. Our game was rubbish, but Arsenal were going for the league. And so it's the day of the transistor radios before old phones oh, and yeah. that. And suddenly, the, our game's meandering for 78 minutes. And suddenly we hear, oh, well, Arsenal were one up pretty much the whole game. Suddenly we hear Dean Saunders. He's equalised. And so there's a, there's a mini pitch invasion by the Spurs fans in you know, celebration because our game's so turgid. And I sort of think with my mate, shall I go on the pitch yet? No, I couldn't be bothered. We didn't bother doing the, you know, got, you know very, very, fairly, fairly responsible job in the city at the time. And then suddenly, Arsenal, uh, Derby scored the winner. Dean Saunders gets another goal, scored the winner. This filters around the crowd. Our game still meandering to like one nil loss. Suddenly, lots more people run on the pitch. Mm. So I think, oh, let's go. So me and my mate jump over, run on the pitch at QPR. <laughs> lots of dancing around. But it's about 85 minutes. So there's still time to go. Please come out, run in. Police horses come out to get everyone off the this. pitch. I watching this on the TV. Police horses come on the pitch and me and my mate are on there dancing around. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, we're about 21, 22 years old, living the dream. Mm-hmm. And uh, so suddenly the police sort of get it all under control. There's no fighting or anything, you know, no fraying or anything. Police, police horses come out, push us all back. We go in the little stand under QPR. Mm. And as I'm walking back there, we're laughing, me and my mm. mate, high-fiving each other. I look up to the, the little the seating bit above the QPR away stand, and uh, my boss is sitting up there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my boss, and he's not only my immediate boss, he's like one of the owners of the company, which is brilliant. And I sort of looked up at him, and he's like, Shaking his head like that, but you know, I had a good relationship with him, and, and I just remember Talks going home. I remember going into work Monday morning, and uh, you know, he sort of walked past me. He goes, I "Saw you Saturday," and I was like, "Oh God, no!" But then he did laugh about it. But yeah. just I remember like having two days thinking, "Oh Jesus yeah. Christ," you know. You worried? Yeah, I was worried yeah. about it, but you know, I think the folly of youth, you know, yeah. running onto the pitch, but to see my boss up there, you just get sh- passed over for that promotion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just shaking his head. No, I have never seen it. No, so I was watching that game live on TV, and the the crowd control. I mean, it's a feat of brilliant oh. crowd control. Where suddenly there's this pitch invasion. Yeah, everyone's on the pitch. It seems. Yeah, and then the police horses just come out and line up at one end. They'd, Probably what I don't know, twenty horses lined. Yeah, it's ridiculous. 
and they just the, these horses just slowly walk yeah uh, along the length of the pitch yeah and you just don't mess with horses yeah and it took them it's like two minutes to clear the pitch it seemed i think that was a nice little uh digression there into the fun in Sporting Spurs I'm not sure it's that fun Sporting Spurs if if overall but I think Casper getting farted in your face is, is a it's pretty poor form but quite funny but quite he funny he was the wrong height yeah. yes Maybe. I think he was the wrong height yeah, yeah. a bit high been alright right I think our last topic for this episode I think we move on and I think young Casper 11 years old and I think we possibly what do you want to bring to the table I think we want to talk about you know, our Champions League um, draw and our group stage and, you know, having almost inexplicably reached the final last season, can we start already to map out a return to the biggest event in club club football? Can we get to the final again? Casper, what's your thoughts on the Champions League draw? Uh, well, overall, I think it's a good draw, mainly because, I mean, the Bayern is like the big team, but usually you get like... You're all right teams like last year we had Inter Milan and Barca, but now we've got like Olympiacos and Red Star, Red Star Belgrade, and it's just like it's well we should you get a second or a first place, so we should go through. Yeah. But you just never know with Spurs. It could either go brilliantly and they could be top, or it could go terribly. They could get or they could be in the Europa League for the rest of the season do you, do, you, do you think we've learnt a lot from the past few seasons to get through this group and, and, and what do you think will be the key fixtures for us I think the key fixtures will be those two um, the two against Red Star Belgrade uh, at home and away we should win those yeah and also the two against Olympiacos I think those three are the re- those four are the most important ones because we know that we can get points against them and maybe one or three points against Bayern yeah. in either two of the games will be good I mean they're, 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 I'm just going to throw this out I think the problems I mean we were in Greece in the summer and we watched Olympiacos in the qualifying group didn't we yeah. and I think they're not great teams Olympiacos and Red Star but at home they're a different proposition yeah. I mean Red Star oh, yeah. and Olympiacos yeah. their fans were just oh, bonkers yeah. so yeah. I don't know, I Sim, what, what, how do you feel? Yeah, well, I don't know if it was last season or possibly the year before. I think it might well have been last season. Um, I think Belgrade actually beat Liverpool, didn't they? They did. In, um, so I think possibly more than the actual footballers, we're just coming up against some really hostile atmospheres there. Mm-hmm. And like Casper says, it's it's just those four games are Correct. probably what, yeah, that are where, where qualification maybe lost is in those games. I think a lot of people will say that Bayern are not Possibly not the team that they were a few years ago. Coutinho going to um, going yeah. to Barca. I think everything I everything I've seen from him, he's not kind of hit the heights at Barca. But I remember him being insane against us last year. Yeah. In the um, especially in the Wembley game as well. He's brilliant. I mean, they, were, they they put in one of their best performances of that campaign against us. In not that only game just them, but Messi as well. Yeah, Messi was, was unbelievable. Yeah. They do say that's one of Barcelona's best yeah. ever away performances. Yeah. They were brilliant. But Coutinho, Coutinho going over there, possibly it, it's just it's just something to do with him being there and just remembering that game that just makes me feel a little bit wary about Bayern, but. I think all in all, we're probably on a on a similar level to them now as a, as a side. And I don't think they are the fo- I don't think they are the force that they Liverpool swept them aside pretty easily last year. And the, yeah, the, I the, um, totally agree with him. Yeah. I really don't think Bayern Munich are as good yeah, as possibly. I, I, I agree, no. But I, th- I think Olympiacos away that first fixture. Mm. 
is a really huge fixture for us because if, if we can get started with three points away yeah. in, I mean we should we're better than them if we can get started with three points away there it makes it makes the home game against Bayern a, a bit of a free hit do you think yeah, yeah. I, I love this draw because we've got we've got Bayern are one of the top teams that we haven't yet played you know, recently so it's really nice to get a chance to play them it's three sort of traditionally great clubs who that we could and we could beat all of them, you know. And I, I'm really excited about it. I don't. I think it's a bit annoying that we're not seeded and Chelsea are. Yeah. The Champions League pedigree, maybe. Mm. Well, in fact, we reached the final. Mm. Should count. I think it's just them winning the Europa League that, that, yeah. that puts them in that like top seed. Well, that's it, it. Doesn't it? Doesn't seem right that they are that top seed. But like, what do you guys want from a draw? Do you want three easy games? That's like the, you know, like the draw Man City have got. Or do you want a big team? to play for, so it's a great day out we always Casper we always say we want one of the big boys don't we yeah. I think that's one of the perfect draws for that yeah. because you've got your big team that you can go and watch and it's it's a good one to watch because it's a foreign team that yeah. performed one of the greats yeah one, yeah. 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 one of the, the greatest were, then you've got the two well let's let's be real here not the best yeah. of teams so I think it's the perfect draw being that you've got that one and then you've got the other two that you know you can win but then the one is just like it's a good night out and then yeah like it's like it's like a free hit it's yeah. like a free a free hit I think yeah. by Munich. if if we do well against the others if you win your away games in the Champions League you tend to go through don't you? does nine nine get you through nine the points Olympiacos is away game it's the sort of game where Sorsoria gets a red card off yeah. five yeah. minutes yeah. and then you're firefighting. Yeah, the hand grenade, <laughs> yeah. 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 With that sort of crowd, yeah. yeah. But the Belgrade crowd, I think, is possibly worse than the Olympiacos. I mean, the, the atmosphere at Belgrade last year when Liverpool played there was ridiculous. I don't know if you've ever seen the long tunnel. They lost like 3 nils. Yeah. Yeah, they did lose 3 nils. Yeah, they didn't have the best group stage. They only got... Yeah, it's like one or two points. Barcelona signed that centre back that played for Ajax against us. Yes, oh, Delict. No, he's going to Juve. He's going to Juve. They they signed uh, Freki de Jong, the the mm. midfielder for Ajax. Barca yeah. did. Considering the season that Ajax had last season, they've kept quite a lot of their players mm. that were starting against us and. Juve. And yeah, Tadic Tadic stayed as well. They didn't think he was stayed. You're right, yeah. He's yeah, such a good player as well, I liked him. Who's that, sorry? He scored a banger of a goal against us, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think he, he yeah. hit the post, didn't he? Um, yeah. Like or about 10 minutes yeah. ago, that could have been... Yeah, maybe it's late, that could have been it. Yeah. yeah. And he put one just past the post, like a few minutes later. Yeah, well. yeah. I think it's, it's a decent draw. I think we ought to emerge from that group. Yeah. Really, really. Yeah, I think so. Have, have we got a squad to compete on so many levels? I don't know. Maybe not. Not compared to not but, but the injuries. But, but, the then, but then you say that though. You know, if you sort of looked at our t- our squad, every position, have we got two players? Basically, zero a ca- right backs. A, ca- <laughs> a, car- a caribou, a caribou cup yeah. team. You know, we've got that team, haven't we? Do, yeah, I think we've got yeah. like you know, and yeah, yeah. loved Sonny in the Champions League last year. Yeah, he was. Just yeah. The he was free, wasn't he? he was like a, at home was just like a oh, dream game. It was immense, wasn't it? You actually went to that game. We did, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Vertonghen was great that day, left-back. Yeah, <laughs> he was really good at left-back, yeah. He really was a superman. In the celebration, you went like that. So I think, are, are we sort of all in agreement that we're sort of, we feel we're going to come through that group? 
Yeah. Yeah. We'll be shed. So when we sit down in a month's time, we'll hopefully uh, we'll be able to sort of review. Uh, I, I genuinely think we'll get through that group. I do. Yeah. But can we please not do it in the way we did last time? Yeah. Come yeah. on, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean the last. But, but, but the problem is the last the last game is the away away in Germany and oh. you know. But they but they they would have qualified by then. It may be the same situation as Barcelona last year. They rest a lot of their players, but the German league's weak. So they, do they need to rest them? I don't know. I think we're wrapped up on your on that topic, guys. Anything we want to add? I just I just, I just want yeah. I just want to say throw something out there as well about the the, the tickets at White Hart Lane. It's so difficult to get tickets at White Hart Lane this year. Yeah, we I, I mean, yeah, yeah. we've been lucky. Like last season, we went to a few games, didn't we? And we got tickets to, at the new White Hart Lane. But this season just seems to be crazy. So I'm just the Champions League. Hopefully, will be yeah on our, on our laptops at yeah. ten o'clock. Yeah. 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 On the on sale dates. Oh, are they in my diary? You know, yeah. uh, I, I book. I don't have meetings at uh, you know nine thirty on the day they go on sale, and I'm You've there. Got the app that infects your calendar on your yeah. Phone yeah, yeah, yeah. I sit at my desk. I don't. I don't do any work for that that whole morning. I shouldn't really say this because my boss will listen to this podcast. Yeah, but yeah. You're, you're already in the. I'm already in the trouble. Yeah. Anyway, so I think to wrap up for episode four, you know, episode four has been brilliant. How great's that? So four episodes in, we've had some great topics. Um, some great hospitality from Peter and Sim. We've Sorry, drunk, there wasn't any food. There's no food. No. We've drunk some beer, so we're all happy. Casper's had a couple of Cronenbergs. Been brilliant. Great for an 11 year old. So that, training, that, training tomorrow, 7 Yeah, training, football tomorrow morning. So that's the end of episode four. Uh, we really hope you've enjoyed this. Um, we've enjoyed doing it. Spread the word. Don't forget hashtag YE1. Thanks, guys. Cheers, guys. Yes. Cheers. I'll get a lifetime stadium ban after what I've said. <laughs>